Today on Grace to the Hearers with Pastor Eric Kluth. God wants you to obey him, not because he's looking to gain power, because he's already got the power. He's looking at you to obey him because he wants to have a relationship with you. He wants to be with you. He wants you to obey because he loves you and he wants to be with you. God does not want you to perish. Whatever you're striving for as a believer, your ultimate pursuit should be to do the will of the Father. But time and time again, your flesh will creep in and mess up his plans for you. As Pastor Eric shares today, we'll come to terms with our former failures and be encouraged to move forward in obedience to God. Now, here's Pastor Eric in the book of Judges, chapter 10, with his continuing study entitled, It's Best to Obey. Lord, I just pray that you would protect God. Please, Jesus, I pray that you would protect my family, God. Pray for these families. I pray for the marriages of this church, God. God, that we would, we would stay committed, Lord, to our husbands and our wives, and that we would stay pure, Lord, physically and mentally, Lord God. Lord, just seeing reports of other churches and other pastors falling, if, it doesn't, if we think that it won't happen to us, we are already deceived. So God, may we just pray against that, Lord, in your name, Jesus. God, I pray also, Lord, that we would be more open to the Holy Spirit and the leading of the, and guiding of the Holy Spirit, God. May we be bold. God, the early church, Peter and, and the apostles prayed for boldness. May we pray for boldness. And God, may we not think of you as a little Jesus, but you're a huge Jesus. So God, I just pray that you would help us And Father, Lord, these are the things that are on my heart that I think about and I pray about. But God, I don't need to hold them in. I can include the family in it. So God, may we just come together, Father, in prayer. Lord, may we be sensitive to your Holy Spirit. When when you are guiding us, Spirit, Lord, to pray for somebody, may we be bold and just pray for somebody. Praise your name, Lord. Praise you, God. God truly want you to have this church. Thank you, Lord. I titled the message, It's Best to Obey. It's best to obey. Would you guys agree with that? It's best to obey. As we're studying through the book of Judges, guys, we are seeing that the Israelites, they go from obeying and then not to obeying. And then crying out to the Lord, the Lord then sends a judge to deliver them, and then they're good, there's rest in the land, and then they go back to their ways. It's like a vicious cycle, but it's happening. And so the Lord has found it right for us to be studying about this. And so I truly want to learn from the Israelites. I want to see what the Lord has for me, and I want to see what the Lord will do with our church in and through the study of Judges And so last time we met in Judges chapter 5, we learned about Deborah and Barak, right? And Deborah was used and Barak was used to deliver the Israelites from the hand of Jabin, the king of Canaan. And the Lord did so. And last time we met, they sang a song rejoicing and praising God. 
And it says at the end of chapter 5 that so the land had rest for 40 years. But tonight we will see that Israel fell back into complacency. Israel fell back into their sinful lifestyle. And we're going to see through the next few weeks a study of the, the man named Gideon, which is, I'm very excited about because I love Gideon and the story of Gideon. But we're going to see tonight specifically that Israel, when they did not obey, that they had consequences. And don't you know that with sin there comes consequences, physically, and then there's a spiritual consequence for sin that we will look at. And so they were living a sinful life, and the Lord allowed them to go into bondage. He allowed them to go into bondage to the Midianites. And so as we see the consequence of their sinful lifestyle, something to keep in mind is, again, that with sin, the consequences that come, but consequences might not always be seen right off the bat, okay? Sooner or later, though, with sin, they will come out. And guys, what is that ultimate consequence for sin? Death, Death right? The Bible says, for the wages of sin is death, Romans 6.23. And this is speaking of spiritual death. So even though sin can bring physical consequences, right? It can bring physical consequences, which cannot be changed. But the ultimate consequence can be changed. It can be changed. Well, how? Well, look at the rest of Romans 6.23. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. So because of Jesus, we can have forgiveness for our sins. All it takes is confessing those sins to Jesus with a sincere heart. See, the Bible tells us in 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I would say this is pretty much good news. This is great news because we are all in need of forgiveness. Because the Bible tells us in Romans chapter 3, 12, they have all turned aside. They have together become unprofitable. There is none who does good. No, not one. Did you guys catch that? You thought I was going to throw Romans three twenty three at you. But this one is saying that there is not one who has done good. So even though your sin might bring a physical consequence, just as we will see in the Israelites here shortly, please understand, though, this. This is key. Your ultimate consequence for sin can be forgiven through Jesus Christ. You can have life. Living with the physical consequence of sin is way better than facing the internal consequence of sin. And see, Israel will face physical consequences for their sin. But once again, we see the grace, the compassion, the long-suffering of God as he raises up a judge to deliver Israel. And again, that judge is Gideon. As verse 12 of chapter 6 describes Gideon, it says, And the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, The Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. You mighty man of valor. Gideon, you guys, was like, he was awesome, but he wasn't, he had his moments, okay? And we will see in the weeks to come his moments where he doubted and, and 
He didn't have that boldness that we all know that he has. But God knew he had boldness. And so before we get into Gideon, though, we need to understand the backdrop of what's going on in our text. So let's look at the backdrop, verses 1 through 6 of chapter 6. It says, Then the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord. So the Lord delivered them into the hand of Midian for seven years. And the hand of, the Midian, uh, hand of Midian prevailed against Israel. Because of the Midianites, the children of Israel made for themselves dens, the dens, the caves, and the strongholds which are in the mountains. Verse 3, so it was, whenever Israel had sown, Midianites would come up, also the Amalekites and, and the people of the east would come up against them. Then they would encamp against them and destroy the produce of the earth as far as Gaza and leave no sustenance for Israel, neither sheep nor ox nor donkey, for they would come up with their livestock and their tents, uh, coming in as numerous as locusts. Both they and their camels were without number, and they would enter the land to destroy it. So Israel was greatly impoverished because of the Midianites, and the children of Israel cried out to the Lord, cried out to the Lord. So here we see the background of the story of Gideon. The children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord. They were sinning, right? And so God then delivers them over to the hand of Midian, which sounds really cruel, doesn't it? But in reality, God was loving them because if he would have left Israel alone, they would have done worse things. This way, Israel would cry out to him so that they would come back to him. The Midianites not only had control of the land, you guys, as we read in those first six verses, what did they do? They not only controlled the land, but they came in, and everything that the Israelites did in labor, their crops, their animals, they came in, and they took them away. Right? So you think that Hollywood is original, right? Do you guys think that? I'm kind of shifting gears here. Hollywood, movie making. Do you think that they're original? No, they're not. Well, sometimes they are. But here we see that they're not original because to me, what does this describe? A bug's life. <laughs> right? Those who have seen the bug's life have ants, right? And the ants are out there. They're gathering all the food. And then you have, yes, Flick, the star of the ants. Then you have the grasshoppers who are mean and nasty. They come in and they're like, yeah, the harvest is all mine. And they take it all and the, the ants are scared of them. Right? But <laughs> in the reality, though, is that then they decided, you know what? We need to fight. There's this little flick guy and he was like, we need to stand up to these guys. And so then they fight back and then they win. Well, that's exactly what's going to take place with Gideon. Sorry to ruin it, but that's what happens. <laughs> and it even says, guys, they were numerous as locusts, right? <laughs> I mean, like, it's like the bug's life right here in the Bible. So, like, who needs the red box? Grab your Bible. It's got drama, comedy, right? God talking through a donkey? I mean, come on. Thrillers, action, and the great thing is, is that it's suitable for all families. Praise God, man. Yeah. Anyways, back to the text. 
so weird. Israel, though, cries out to the Lord, you guys, because of this. This was a serious problem. I mean, could you imagine? They were living in the side of mountains and caves and dens. And everything that they did, these people would take, gone. So they cry out to the Lord. Well, let's see the result of crying out to the Lord, shall we? Verses 7 through 10. And it came to pass, when the children of Israel cried out to the Lord because of the Midianites, that the Lord sent a prophet to the children of Israel, who said to them, Thus says the Lord God of Israel, I brought you up from Egypt and brought you out of the house of bondage, and I delivered you out of the hand of the Egyptians and out of the hand of all who oppressed you and drove them out before you and gave you their land. Verse 10, also I said to you, I am the Lord your God. Do not fear the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell, but you have not obeyed my voice. So here we see that the children of Israel are under the hand of the Midianites. They cry out to the Lord, and then the Lord hears their cries, and what does he do? He sends a prophet. He sends a prophet to go to speak to Israel. And the prophet reminds them of God's mightiness, his faithfulness, and he also tells them that the Midianites are not their overall problem. He tells them that that's not the overall problem that we need to deal with. What was the problem? They did not obey the voice of God. Israel failed to obey the voice of God. So it's interesting to me that God hears the cries of, help us because these people are, are all over us. But <laughs> what was the real problem? God was like, I really want to get back to the point that you're not obeying me. I need you to obey my voice. So why does God want us to obey him? Why does God want us to obey his voice? Well, Deuteronomy 28, the Lord said this to Moses, to the children of Israel. He said, now it shall come to pass, if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord, your God, to observe carefully all his commandments, which I command you today, that the Lord your God will set you high above all nations of the earth. See, here's the fact, guys. God wants us to obey. God wants to be your God. God wants you to obey him, not because he's looking to gain power, because he's already got the power. He's looking at you to obey him because he wants to have a relationship with you. He wants to be with you. He wants you to obey because he loves you and he wants to be with you. God does not want you to perish. He does not want you away from him for eternity. Do you get that point? That God does not want any to perish. Why does he want you to obey his ways? Because he doesn't want any to perish. He doesn't want anybody to be away from him. Well, how do we be with God? Well, Jesus said, therefore, you shall be perfect, just as your Father is in heaven is perfect. Well, that's hard to do, isn't it? See, God is perfect, but because he is perfect, he can't even allow one sin into his heaven. Well, okay, so you want to be with us. How are we going to get to heaven? How can we spend time with you? How can we be with you? Well, the great thing is, you guys, is God is a God of love. 
And how much does he love you? How much does he love you? Well, the Bible says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. We can be with God through Jesus. Well, how is that? Well, Jesus died for us so that we can be cleansed from all unrighteousness and our sin. Now, it says in Colossians 1, chapter 1, 19 through 22, For it pleased the Father that in him all the fullness should dwell, and by him to reconcile all things to himself by him, whether things on earth or things in heaven, having made peace through the blood of his cross, and you who once were alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now he has reconciled in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy and blameless and above reproach in his sight. Because of Jesus, you guys, we are viewed as blameless in the sight of God. And God sees you as perfect because of who? Jesus. And God wants us to obey his voice so that we can be with him. He wanted to have that relationship with Israel. He wanted them to follow his ways. He wanted to bless them. He wanted that relationship with Israel. But if they're not going to be obedient, then there's going to be consequences. And the only way to be with God is through Jesus Christ. Believing that he is Lord, believing that God has raised him from the dead, and repenting from your sinful ways. Because if you're not obedient, you will face that eternal consequence for that sin if you do not repent and believe in the name of Jesus. But here's the cool thing, guys, because it's like, oh, man, that's pretty hard to take. Well, check this out. If you're not being obedient today, what a perfect day to to repent. What a perfect day to repent because praise God for his mercy, praise God for his grace, Because God has given you a chance to change. He has given you a chance to change, and this change only comes through Jesus Christ. Now, for those who have believed and do believe in Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, there are still times when we're not obedient. And if you're not obeying the voice of God, then I would say this to you. You need to examine your heart. You need to examine your heart Because this life that you live, you live unto God. Galatians 2.20 says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Guess what, Christian? The life that you now live is for Jesus Christ. And we need to be obedient to him. We need to obey his voice. To live a life means by living a life in faith in Jesus Christ. Because Jesus is living inside of you. You proclaim the good news. You proclaim Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Then stop living for self and let Jesus Christ live inside of you and live out of you. Be obedient to him. Obey the calling that he's put on your heart. Obey the direction that the Spirit is guiding you. If your flesh creeps back into your life, which it so often does, I think we battle with that daily. Ask for forgiveness, deny yourself, and let Jesus do what he does best. 
And you know what that is, you guys? What does Jesus do best? The will of the Father. He does the will of the Father best, doesn't he? That's his heart's desire is to do the will of the Father. And guess what? He wants to do that in and through our lives. That's a sweet thing. That is awesome. To know that Jesus wants to use us to do the will of the Father. Praise God. So as we are gearing up into judges, the Lord wanted to have the Israelites check their heart. Yes, we will learn that God is compassionate and he is raising up Gideon as we will see in the weeks to come. But he wanted them to know that you need to be obeying my voice. So we need to obey his voice. We need to obey his direction. And sometimes, you guys, that will take you outside of your comfort zone, doesn't it? When Jesus is nudging your heart to go do something, and you're like, I really don't want to do that. Be obedient to the Holy Spirit. Be obedient to Jesus Christ. Because the cool thing is, is that, again, in Matthew 28, 18, Jesus says, and Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Guys, this is right before the Great Commission. And so often we jump to the Great Commission. Go, therefore, and make disciples, right? Baptizing in the Father, right? But Jesus is stating what? Don't be afraid, because all authority has been given to me. And I am in you, so you don't need to be afraid. All authority in heaven and in earth has been given to Jesus Christ. And where does Jesus dwell? In our hearts. So we don't have to be afraid. We don't have to be afraid of those things that come up when, if we obey. Because I know if I do it, you guys got to do it. When you doubt, when you have fear, when you're like, will this really happen if I pray for this person to be healed? Or will this really happen if, if I say this prayer or do this or set, talk to this person? Will they, they don't want to know about Jesus. They don't want to be, they don't need, look how mean they are. There's no way that you're going to save them, Jesus. But guys, who are you? We are the vessels of God. When you accept Jesus Christ, it's no longer you anymore. It's Christ who lives in us. Don't be afraid because Jesus has authority over heaven and earth. And if he's telling you to do something, do it. Be strong in the Lord. He is with you always. It says later after the Great Commission, and lo, I am with you always. So he's telling you, I have all the authority of heaven and earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples. And lo, guess what? I'm with you always. So should we be afraid of doing God's will? No. What holds us back? Our flesh. It's best to obey. When you obey, there's not a negative consequence. There's a blessing. There's a blessing. Obey. You've been listening to Grace to the Hearers, the radio ministry of Pastor Eric Kluth of Calvary Chapel Coolidge in Coolidge, Arizona. CD copies of today's study are available when you email us at info at grace to the That's info at grace to the 
Today's message, as originally presented at Calvary Chapel Coolidge, can be downloaded from our website at gracetothehearers.com. If you can't get to your computer to download or place your order, you can always call us at 520-723-7047. We'll be happy to help you. Again, that number is 520-723-7047. We are so blessed by the technology that we have these days. Most of us have numerous versions of the Bible now with mobile technology. We have the Bible right on our phones and tablets. Grace to the Hearers is available in podcast format. Simply log on to gracetothehearers.com and follow the links to subscribe to the Grace to the Hearers podcast or simply search for Grace to the Hearers in the iTunes store. Again, our web address is www.gracetothehearers.com. Finally, we'd like to ask that you prayerfully consider helping us continue to expand the radio ministry of Grace to the Hearers. You can do so by securely donating a gift of any amount at gracetothehearers.com. Just click on the donate button. Now please place a marker in your Bibles and make plans to join us again. Pastor Eric will continue teaching verse by verse through the book of Judges right here on Grace to the Hearers.